0: What's going on? That's our desire anyway. Just to have a better understanding. Of things that are happening around us. What we can, Not just what's going on, but what can be done about it. And I don't mean some pie in the sky, what can be done about it in Washington. I'm talking about what can be done about it here. Uh, the avenue that has to be taken, I believe... And uh, what we'll deal with tonight, I believe, is time-sensitive. I believe the window for us to deal with it is closing. Uh, And so we'll we'll get into that. Matthew chapter number 12, and uh, we'll begin our reading verse number 43. Matthew chapter number 12, verse 43. I don't always do this, but let's stand tonight. The reverence reading of God's word. I don't always do that, but sometimes feel led to. Verse 43, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I'll return into my house from whence it came out. When he's come, he findeth it empty and swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man's worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you'd help us tonight. God, the subject, Lord, you've laid on our heart to deal with is quite serious. I pray that you'd give our people attentive ears and open hearts, Lord, that they could hear and understand the truths of the scripture and the truths of the times. Do that now as only you can, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to deal tonight with something that I believe is playing itself out in media in front of our eyes every day. I think we could all agree that the world we live in now is not the same world that most of us grew up in. A lot has changed. Think about what has changed in the last five, six years since, say, COVID. Think about what all has changed. And uh, it leaves you sometimes scratching your head. And uh, the Lord uh, has given us some insight. I've been reading some books and doing a little study, and the Lord's given us a little insight on a few of these things. In the verses that we read tonight, it deals, the Lord is speaking there with the Pharisees about a demon possession. And he said uh, that when a man is possessed of the demon uh and he he goes out that the house becomes swept and garnished and then the man comes the demon comes back he says I'll go back home and he brings seven other with him and the end state is worse than first now what's he talking about here well, uh, we know that if a man gets truly saved and born again, that he's sealed by the Holy Spirit, and there's no way for a demon to ever possess him again. I thank God for that. Amen. I don't care what Greg Locke and that bunch says, you can't be possessed of the devil a second time. So we, we know he's not speaking about that. I think the key is in the last phrase where it says, even so shall it be also under this wicked generation. So he's not talking just about an individual, but a whole generation of people. And he's saying what could happen here is that something could happen that would drive the demonic forces out. But the problem is demons don't die. They have been ever since the fall of, Satan, they've been on this earth. But things can happen, and we're going to deal with that tonight, that will drive their influence out. But if the door is opened again, then those demons can come back into the house that they've been driven out of. When they come back into the house, they bring seven with them, and it's worse than it was before. I believe in the Old Testament there are... Three primary little g gods. Now you're going to have to hang with me right here. There is Baal, who is worshipped in the Old Testament, sometimes known as Balaam, which is a conglomerate of little g gods. There is Ashroth, which is worshipped in the Old Testament as a little g goddess. And then there is Moloch, who is worshipped in the Old Testament As a little g-god. These gods, I believe, are not just figments of the imagination. I don't believe it's just something somebody made up to have something to worship. I believe rather what it is, is there are evil demonic spirits that are behind those gods. That encourage people to worship them as a god. And uh, so they were able to do things because demons can do things. And uh, they were able to accomplish things in the Old Testament. And so Baal was worshiped. He was kind of the big one in the Old Testament. And then Asheroth as well as Moloch. And these same spirits have remanifested themselves over the years under different names. You think about Greek mythology. If you study Greek mythology, Zeus is very much like Baal. Baal was considered the chief god. He was considered the god of prosperity, the god of overindulgence. And so also Zeus in Greek mythology was considered the chief god. You think about, uh, about uh, Asheroth. She was the goddess of sex and sexual uh, immorality. And when you look in Greek mythology, you have Venus or you have Diana who was a very similar kind of goddess. Then you have Moloch and so it goes on and on and on. You find those gods are repeated again in different time periods. Could it be that these same evil spirits, they get driven out like the Bible is talking about here in Matthew chapter number 12. But when they find the door open again, uh, they come back into the house and the end state is worse than the first. Could it be that these spirits were driven out of the United States of America by the gospel and and the, this nation being a Christian nation and these spirits were driven into, uh, in, into the east, into eastern cultures and the jungles of Africa, but now that we have, we're no longer a Christian nation. I hate to break it to you. One thing that Barack Obama said that I agree with 100%, and I don't agree with much that he said, but he said we're no longer a Christian nation, and he was 100% right. We are not a Christian nation. We serve anything but Christ in the United States of America, and that's what I'm going to deal with tonight. But could it be that because we have quit spreading the gospel and we've quit uh, being a Christian nation and we've quit championing the cause of Christ around this world, uh, at one time America sent missionaries around the world uh, and now America needs missionaries. Could it be that we've opened the door to these demonic forces that have been around since the Old Testament and they've come flooding back into our nation. And what we are seeing before us is not a political movement. It's not an ideology. It's not even like some of us would like to believe some sort of mental handicap or some sort of a, uh, uh, some sort of a mental problem. But rather what is happening is demonic. And so I want to deal with that for just a moment. Uh, on these three gods, Baal, Ashroth, and Moloch. Now let's see what they're all about. These little g-gods and their worshipers, they were known by certain monikers. Certain things stuck out. For Baal, what stuck out was the worship of the earth. How many of you remember the story? We preached on it a few months ago when Ahab has a desire for Naboth's vineyard. You know why he wanted that vineyard? He told Naboth, I want to make it a garden of herbs. We all know that eventually Ahab was willing to kill Naboth in order to have that garden. Why was he so committed to it? The reason is that Baal worshipers are worshipers of the planet. Paul talks about them in Romans 1 when he said, They worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. As Baal worship spread into Babylon, you see that one of the seven wonders of the ancient world were the hanging gardens of Babylon. Their gardens were always very high on their list because they loved and worshipped nature. They were the first environmentalist, if you will. They believed in Mother Earth. They valued animal life. They valued nature and they devalued human life. Now that's important. The characteristic of Baal was one of overindulgence. Once you start loving the earth, then pretty soon things that are on the earth become your God. And he believed he was a God of overindulgence. As a matter of fact, to worship Baal and Baal, Balaam was to bring uh, uh, prosperity into your life. That's what they believed. Did you know did you know tonight that the sign of Baal was a bronze bull? Think about when Rehoboam established the heathen worship when the when the uh The camps of Israel were split. What did he do? He brought down brazen bulls to worship. Did you know that soon after the United States Supreme Court in the 1980s kicked the Ten Commandments out of the public square, soon after they erected a huge bronze bull? Sure they did. You can see it today. I've been to it. I've seen it. I've touched it. It's right there on Wall Street in front of the New York City Stock Exchange. There's a 17-foot bronze bull that stands there. Uh, it's the sign of Balaam. Uh, it's, the, it's the sign of Baal right there in front of the uh, the, the district that is, uh, typifies the overindulgence of the entire world and being possessed with the possession of things. Uh, right there stands a monument to Baal. Uh, I'm telling you, if you want to know uh, who America's worshiping, uh, we worship prosperity just like the worshipers of Baal. So there's the worshipers of the earth, that's Baal. Then there was Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth was a goddess. See, y'all ain't gonna believe some of this, but you go home and Google it. It's right on Wikipedia. I ain't making it up. I didn't get it off some Bible site. I got it all right off Wikipedia. Ashtaroth, who is also known as Venus, also known as Diana, she's the goddess of sexual perversions. She is sometimes known as a female and sometimes displayed as a male. I want to be very careful with how I say this because I don't want to be vulgar in any way. But there's, a time, there's times she's always displayed naked and there's times that she's both. Let's put it that way. Time that when, There's times when she's displayed, she's displayed as both. Okay? Remind you of anything that's going on right now? She believed in any kind of sexual perversion. Anything that was outside the normal bounds of the marital sexual relationship is the kind of things that she pushed, uh, the kind of things that she was for, the demonic spirits that were behind her. uh, they, they worshiped in the temple with prostitutes. Uh, and uh, there was temple prostitutes. And uh, there's so much ungodliness. If you study it, be careful. Uh, there's so much ungodliness. There's no way for me to explain uh, in here tonight just what kind of worship went on in some of these temples. It would not be for mixed company. Uh, but just to say this, uh, it was ungodly. It's not what God wants. Uh, but it's the kind of worship that is sexual perversions and then there was Moloch Moloch was all about child sacrifice I can show it to you Leviticus 18 21 and thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch that is be offered on the altar to Moloch Deuteronomy 18 10 says there shall not Be found among you any one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses deviation, or an observer of times. Second Kings 16 says, But he walked not in the way of the kings of Israel, but made his son pass through the fire according to the abomination of the heathen, and it goes on and on and on. Child sacrifice, because when you elevate, when you elevate the worship of the earth and devalue human life, the next logical thing is you start killing your offspring. Now how does all this go together? I'm getting ready to tie it together and I'm going to preach on three little simple points. All this is just introduction. How does this all go together? Now here's the thing. Are you all with me? When they started having Asheroth, started having those temple prostitutes, it led to hundreds of unwanted children. Those temple prostitutes have children. And they were unwanted. So, guess what happened to those unwanted children? They were offered on the altar to Moloch. Those, those, those unwanted children that were born in the temple of Ashroth were offered on the altar of Moloch as a burnt offering. You say, That's that's unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. It's happening today. It's happening today. You see, what happened in the 1960s, stay with me, America had what was known as the sexual revolution the spirit of Asheroth came into America. We were told to have sex with whoever we wanted to, whenever we wanted to. Babies galore. There was never a need for abortion clinics before they were having all these unwanted children. But then once they started having the unwanted children, just like Asheroth of old, when they started bringing forth all these unwanted children, they started offering them on on the altars of abortion across this country. And America has killed them by the millions, by the millions, when the Nazi Germanies rejected God, they went to killing people. The same things happened in the United States of America. The exact same thing. So we have all of these things converging. And it's getting out of control. Now, Here's what I wanted to preach on, and and I hope all that made sense. Just trying to lay a little groundwork. There's so much more that I could deal with and show you areas that these different spirits from the Old Testament are influencing America in our day. I could show you a bunch of examples. I ain't got time. But I want to give you three simple things about it tonight, okay? The first thing, and we're going to call it wokeism. All right, that's the new catchphrase. Everybody's woke. When you're woke, that means you know you just you're down with it all. You accept all of it. LGBTQ plus, elementop, everything. You accept it all. You woke. First truth I want to give you tonight is that wokeism is a religion. Truth. And until you start, until we accept that and start thinking about it that way. We're never going to overcome it. As long as we think about it as a political movement, then we'll be convinced we can vote our way out of it. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. I am convinced there's no way to vote our way out of it. Because you can elect two or three good people. They don't care. That crowd's got 500. They're entrenched in the government all through the bureaucracy. They don't care if you elect one or two good people. You You can't defeat it that way. You say, well, we'll boycott it. You can't defeat it like that. This last week, I know most of you probably watched it on the news, Anheuser-Busch came out with a Bud Light beer that had that Dylan Mulvaney, or have you say his name on it, who is a social media influencer who is a transgender. He's a man pretending to be a woman. Since they came out with it, of course, you know, Bud Light drinkers are a bunch of redneck men, apparently. Since they've come out with it, they've lost $5 billion. I say hallelujah. I hope they go bankrupt. Amen. Stinking bunch. They've lost $5 billion with a B dollars. Now, capitalism would have you to believe that they're fixing to backtrack. You think about it. 20 years ago, if a company lost $5 billion dollars, They come out on TV the next night and say, whoa, wait a minute. We're just kidding about that. We don't really like this person at all. Lord have mercy, we don't like no transgenders. Uh, uh, We're sorry. Come buy our beer. But instead, when given an opportunity this week, the CEO of of Anheuser-Busch came out and said, we're standing with him. We'll lose $10 billion. Really? They're willing to lose that much money To stand with a transvestite social media influencer. There's only one explanation for that, and that is it's a religion to them. Let me ask you something. Would you go bankrupt rather than renounce Christ? I hope most of us would say, well, yeah. If it came right down to it, we'd go bankrupt rather than renounce the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what we believe in. The same way you believe in Christ, they believe in this mess, I'm telling you. And they'll go bankrupt, they'll die, they'll burn. You better get that in your mind because as long as you think that it's some sort of a mental issue or some sort of political issue or it's some sort of something you can boycott or something you can vote out, you'll ne- hey, you'll never get it done. To them people, it's a religion. And I've said all along that this religion has three tenets. It's environmentalism, it's abortion, and it's sexual perversion. That's its three tenets. Now, they talk about other things occasionally. They talk about race sometimes, but they're not at all committed to any kind of racial justice. They'll talk about gun control some, but they're not, they're not, they're not committed to that. They're three tenets are abortion number one, number two is sexual perversion, and number three is that uh, that commitment to the environment. Those are their three things. Let me give you this, brother Billy. Do you know what they told uh, you, know what, you? Know what I read this week in that temple where they'd have those unwanted babies? The rich women would buy those babies. They'd come to them temples and buy those babies so they could carry them up and offer them on the altar of Moloch. Can you believe that? It's happening today. You know who pays for abortion in America? Rich white women. It's truth. You know who has the abortions? Poor minority women. About 75% of the abortions in the United States are poor minority women. So it's happening again. The poor minorities are being offered on the altar of the richer people. I'm telling you, you the more you get to looking at it, the more similarities that you see. It's it's happening to us again. We've got to realize this isn't politics. It's religion. It's good versus evil. It's right versus wrong. We've got to realize to them, it's a religion. Can't vote your way out of it. Can't boycott. Now that don't mean I don't think well to vote. I think well to vote. I think well to vote right and all that stuff. But I'm telling you you're barking up the wrong tree if you think you can do it through politics. Because to them it's a religion. To them it's a religion. So number one it's a religion. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. It is and you just to get accustomed to this. It's hard to swallow but it is the accepted government religion of the United States of America. It's our state religion. You need, to get that, you need to get that down in your heart and down in your mind. This thing of wokeism. You see, they didn't have to, they didn't have to possess a bunch of people, just a few key people people in leadership, people in the media. Paul talked about it in Ephesians. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of the darkness of the world. Hey, he said spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, they control the seat of the media. They control the seat of the government. And so they control a whole generation of people. And they're convincing a whole generation through the use of media. I'm telling you it is the state religion of the United States of America me and Frank were talking about it this morning he's talking about the emails he gets from people in the government that list their pronouns at the bottom that's basically saying we salute we're in with it we're we're in this religion this is our religion I'm telling you it is the government endorsed religion the worship of Baal Ashroth and Moloch reincarnated in the United States of America. And until we start looking at looking at it that way, we're not gonna know how to combat it. You know how they and you know how they got this foothold? The church has squabbled about everything in the world. And quit preaching the gospel. We've quit touching our community with the word of God. Every little old church up and down this road's empty. There ain't nobody preaching. There ain't nobody telling nobody about Jesus. Uh, we've been convinced we got to hold our tongue and stay quiet. Uh, and it's allowed the door to open up. And these demonic influences uh, have flooded into America. And now it is the predominant state endorsed religion of this country. And it's only real predator is the gospel. We sung about the blood tonight. The demons are afraid of the blood. Truth. This, dem- this demonic crowd, listen to me now. They don't care if we hold get out to vote rallies. They, th- they, th- they think that's hilarious. Oh, pff, The church is going to vote. <laughs> We've got thousands. They can't, they can't outvote us. They don't care if we boycott. They can care less if anheuser Bush goes broke. They don't, they don't even care about their own, their own followers. Them demons don't care about them. They just seem to be dead or broke or whatever. They don't care. So That don't bother me either. But when the church gets interested and on fire about spreading the gospel, preaching the blood, then all of a sudden that crowd gets nervous because they know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And they know the gospel has the power to drive those demonic influences out. Do you know right up here at this little Methodist church, downtown Pensacola, they voted, you know, there's a big hubbub right now in the Methodist church because they're accepting all these transgenders, all this stuff. And a lot of these churches are leaving. Even Higgins here in town left. They're now an independent Methodist church. Pensacola voted, and guess what? They voted to stay. Voted to stay in. Guess what? They're bringing in a pastor that's going to make $70,000 with a $20,000 living expense. That's right. $90,000. They've got about 12 people that go to church up there. The Methodist Church is sending them a pastor. They said, don't worry. People are coming. We're going to fly the gay flag. We're going to fly the transgender flag. We're going to champion these causes. People will come to this church. I'm telling you, it's coming right here in our community. The time the, the, the are closing in on us, church, uh, it's time we quit playing uh, and understand and realize that, that all we can do is to reach the world with the gospel. Amen. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? Alright, let me give you a few things. One world missions. I think we ought to make a I think we ought to make a attempt to reach the entire world with the gospel. I think it's important. I believe it's the commission of Christ. So I think any way that we can touch the world with the gospel, we ought to touch the world with the gospel. But more specifically than that, you and I are blessed to live in an area that's 25 years behind the times. There's still a chance for our area. What we need to do is start working harder than ever on reaching our community with the gospel. We're going to have missions Sunday next week. If our faith's promised missions go up, we may take on a a couple of missionaries that are foreign. But there's a lot of that money that I would like to see us turn back around and put into the community. And try to touch our personal local community with it. I'm telling you, if we don't get going, we're going to lose this area. They're coming in here by the droves. And if time lasts in 15 years, this is going to be an area that you don't even recognize anymore, honey. Because it is is encroaching on us. So, what we need to do is we need to get serious about reaching our community with the gospel. I hope that I am expressing this to you as strongly as I feel about it. These ungodly, wicked demons are coming in on us. They've already ruined our country. I love America, but they've already wrecked America. It'll take generations, if time lasts, it would take generations to undo what is already done. So what we've got to focus on is the world we can touch. Pensacola, North Carolina, Burnsville. Are you hearing me? Yancey County. And we need to get on fire like the most patriotic thing you can do this week is tell somebody about Jesus. It's the only way we're going to save our communities from utter ruin is to spread the gospel because they can't stop the spread of the gospel. The other thing that we can do is protect these little ones. I'm going to say a few things right here and it may be what keeps me from putting this online after a while. I don't know. But I, I just want you to understand what's happening. The public school system that your children that you grew up in isn't the public school system that exists now. I'm telling you, I work in it. Okay, every day. Let me tell you about the school system in Yancey County. We have fantastic teachers, some of the best on the planet, Christian Christian men and women. If I announced tomorrow morning that I was going to preach revival, tomorrow evening at Michaelville Elementary School, the majority of them teachers would stay and hear me. They're good Christian people. But the problem is the schools are filled with kids that have no raising. They got zero parents. They're being raised by media. That's how they're being raised. They have zero parenting, zero guidelines, they're given a device from the time they can understand to carry it and allowed to look at anything. And now I know for a fact, I know for a fact, there's girls in the fourth and fifth grade that are making out in the bathroom as lesbians in elementary schools in Yancey County. Listen to me now. I know for a fact. I know for a fact. That there's are cell phones that have been taken away from fifth graders that are sexting other fifth graders in Yancey County. And I told you we're going to get real, but I'm telling you stuff I know for a fact. There's no way, and I mean everybody in here, you got it's, God gave you kids to parents. You parent them the way you want to. There's no way I'd put a kid in public school right now, not having witnessed what I've witnessed over the last few months. And it's not the teachers, it's the kids. Because you see, they get exposed to things, and you can pray and ask God to keep them out of it. But it's the kind of things, if they ever get involved in it, it may be too late before you ever know anything about it. You may not be able to get them out of it. It's the kind of things that once they get involved, it drags them into it spiritually. And all of a sudden, it's something you can't never get them out of. I'd radar over kids right now, social media accounts. Devices, because I'm telling you, it is accelerating at an unheard of rate. Me and Wilma was talking this morning about this artificial intelligence. That's going to take it to another level. I'm telling you, that right there will take it to another level. This, the ability for media to encroach into your life will go to another level once they get that perfected the way they want it. I mean, you think now you think media and computers and devices are bad. Now you wait till they can think for themselves. You say that can't happen. Just hide and watch where they start thinking for themselves, making decisions for you. Huh? It's already happening to some degree. That's something. You ever had a conversation about something and then open up Facebook and there's an ad for it? It's either one of two things. It's either they're listening to you or they're that good at figuring you out. And either way, it's scary. Either way, it's scary. They're either listening or they're that good at figuring out what you want. Listen to me now. If I had little kids, I got a grandkid coming. Used to, I used to say things, Sandy, like, well, they gotta have so much of the world. They need, you know, they need to be exposed to certain things because they're gonna get exposed to it when they get out of school. And they need to know how to handle it. I used to be that guy. I put two kids through public school. So don't say, well, he's some religious nut. Just, no, I put two kids through public school. I'm telling you, things have changed drastically in the last five years. Drastically. It's dangerous as a cock gun. And don't don't even get get me started on school buses. I'm telling you, I'd take my my kid and leave it at Cowboys on a a bar stool all night long before I'd put it on a public school bus. I know that's uncomfortable some of you, but I'm telling you things I know about. I'm not just talking about things I've heard about. I'm talking about conversations I've had with parents at the school I work at, things their kids have learned on the bus, and it's too late for them to ever unlearn it. That's exactly right. So I would shelter them kids. If I had a little kid right now, I'd do my best to keep them from being exposed to this mess. I'm going to close with this right here because when I was growing up to be involved in that stuff was a joke. Everybody said, gay. <laughs> we had one gay guy in my school and he was the butt of everybody's joke. But now, it's the cool thing to be. You may not understand that. Some of you parents need to get your head out of the sand. You may not understand it, but what I'm telling you is the truth. It's the cool thing to be. That blows my mind, but it's facts. It's a cool thing to be. So there's this influence. If we're going to combat it at Concord Baptist Church, we're going to have to get serious about reaching our community with the gospel. How many of you believe the good news of Jesus is still the answer? Oh, yeah. The good news of the gospel is still the answer. It's the only answer. The the gospel is the only answer. And if we're going to make a difference in our community, guess what? It's down to Concord. Now listen to me. I can name you, and I've thought about it a lot. I can name you five churches in Yancey County out of a hundred and how many? 109 churches, I can name you five where something was likely to happen this morning that was God. Five. Five. I thought about a lot. I've been up every holler in Yancey County. I noticed about every church and every preacher. And off the top of my head, I can think of five churches. I'm not going to name them for you tonight because I'd hurt feelings. But there's five churches I can think of where maybe something Sunday's going to happen, God's going to be around, service is going to get on, people are going to get saved. Five! Five out of 109, five. That's how important it is that we get busy. Touch our community with the gospel. The devil's having a time. He's going to take our area. The wind is closing. The wind is closing. We're going to be a suburb of Asheville in a couple of three years and we just like them if something don't happen. And we can sit on the sidelines and go, oh, well, nothing we can do about it. Or we can say, bless goodness, give me a gospel track. I know some people in my community that out of church and they need to get in church because that's the only hope for this cat. I'm going to go knock on their door. Give me, some, give me some material, preacher. Order some material. We're going to go door knocking. We're going to go telling people about Jesus. Uh, I work with some people that need to be in church. So I'm going to get stirred up by telling them about Jesus. Uh, I'm going to get fired up. Uh, I'm going to make a difference by telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand our feet. Father. Lord, would you help us to be what we ought to be as a church? Lord, the demonic influences of hell are encroaching on our little community. I pray that you'd light a fire under some people here tonight. Give them a desire to touch their world in this community with the gospel. We know it's the only hope. Bless us and help us now as only you can. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed in Isaiah 6. God said, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. I wonder this evening how many of us would truly get interested in our community, in our families, in our neighbors, in our workplaces, interested enough to say, here am I, Lord, send me. I want to make a difference. I want to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't want to see my community overrun with darkness. I want to make a difference tonight. Our Father today in Jesus' name. Lord, you've opened our eyes to so many things over the last weeks we've studied on these thoughts. Lord, we're, facing, we're not facing a political movement. We're not facing an ideology. We're facing a religion, Lord. They're worshiping these things as God. But you're God. You're the one true God. We've come together on this altar, Lord, tonight. Lord, asking God, would you help us to make an impact on our community for you? Lord, we don't want our county to go to the demons and to, and to the devils of hell. I pray, God, that you'd help us to touch this whole, this whole entire community with the gospel.